What's up, y'all? Yash here. Have you been looking for a boost without the crash? Introducing Boost Caffeine Free, our natural formula includes ingredients like green tea to give you the energy to power throughout your entire day. The best part? It's caffeine free, so you can enjoy it any time of the day without disrupting your sleep. Say goodbye to jitters and crashes, and hello to sustained energy with Boost Caffeine Free. Available now at mswnutrition.com. Use code HDYHBOOST to get 10% off. Welcome, guys, to the How Do You Health podcast. We are speaking today, this morning, with Scott Greenleaf. We met Scott <clears throat> excuse me, through Lindsay Bowden, who's a great client of ours, great friend of ours now. I think we, and then I think we met with her through Sheena, who is a fantastic person. So fantastic people always hang out. So I'm excited to, yeah. to get to know you some more. And you reached out that also Lindsay reached out and said, hey, you need to talk to Scott. He's got some great things to, to share. And of course, we got Nurse Doza and I'm Tex-Mex Yogi. We're going to get into some vitamins as well. And we're leading up to the festival. So I'm excited about that. But Scott, do you want to give a brief introduction to who you are to the listeners, please? Yeah, sure. I have been teaching a breath work that is a method of decalcifying your pineal gland and it works by pulling energy up from your lower third energy centers and moving the cerebral spinal fluid up and when these charged particles hit the brain that gland it opens up and it releases dmt and it can lead to mystical experiences and out-of-body experiences and my hit rate has gotten really good with the people that i teach and it's amping up a lot, and I'm really excited about the changes that I'm seeing. Hell yeah, that's really exciting yeah, to, yeah. to get into that. So when we were talking right before we, yeah. we started, we were talking about the, uh, the pineal gland. What is the pineal gland? Okay, so the pineal <coughs> gland is our third eye. It really should be called the first eye because it has – that's where you have your inner vision. So the pineal gland, I'll describe and explain the biology and some of the science behind it. So the gland is at the seat of your consciousness, right? If you close your eyes, it's right behind your, it's in the back of your throat, in the back of your head. It's where your awareness sits, the witness, the observer, the real you. That's where you are. Some have called it the monad and monad theory. It's just this, this spot where I'm not in my right wrist. That's not where my awareness of the observer is. The witness is right in the middle of my brain, right? Like most everybody else everyone and it's your pineal gland the pineal gland has these crystals around it if you look at it under a microscope they're calcium carbonate crystals and they're stacked on top of each other and they're in these rhombohedron shapes so those crystals they vibrate and they actually have piezoelectric effects what does that mean so piezoelectric effects in terms of if you polarize it and you put some energy on it, a mechanical stress, for instance, you can flex your limbic brain and the muscles with your intrinsic muscles, and you can cause it to vibrate and it will polarize. And that polarize, you get a positive charge on one end and a negative charge on the other end. So if you have positive charge on one end, negative charge on the other end, you have a, what, a magnet, right? Mm -hmm. When you magnetize and polarize those crystals on the pineal gland, it creates an electric field. And the way that <laughs> when you magnetize those crystals and you polarize it, it creates an electric field. So when that happens, the 
electric field that goes out and it stretches those crystals. And then when it reaches the more point, it can't stretch any further than it starts to return. And then the electric field reverses and it comes back in. And what happens is those crystals compress and then they get to the point they can't go more and then they reverse again. And the actual field, it creates a pressure as it comes back in on itself. And so it starts dinging, ding, ding. And next thing we have a little radio receiver. So it really is a radio receiver to tune into different frequencies. Different dimensions. Yep, other higher dimensions. And it's your inner vision. So it, the pineal gland is a transducer. What's a transducer? Well, this microphone's a transducer. It changes, it converts energy from one form to another form. So this microphone, or a, let's take a TV antenna, it's transducing radio frequencies into images and pictures. So the pineal gland does the exact same thing. It transduces electromagnetic frequencies into images and pictures. And that's when the doorway and the gateway opens to having these mystical experiences. Does that make sense? I have so many questions. Are you with me? You. Because I studied Joe Dispenza and yeah. a lot of my meditations, and you explained it at least better than I remember reading it, but I do remember what you're explaining. Uh -huh. And that is a meditation for me that when I've done it, when I've tried to engage in my pineal gland like that, that it takes me 45 minutes to an hour and 45 minutes. Sometimes it may be up to three hours or one time that I was just so determined. I was like, I have to, then I'm just going to get lost. And then when I finally finished, it was like, fantastic. So my first question is, can you speed up the process? Yes. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a technique that I've created as an amalgamation of a bunch of different other techniques that I've learned that people have taught me. Some Joe has a good way of doing it. This is different and you can definitely speed it up. I can basically take someone from zero to hitting it in probably 15, 20 minutes. If they've, oh, nice. if they've done some breath sure. work before, if they've never done it, I'll teach it to them in an hour. They'll hit it a couple times by the time we're done. And then now they know how to do it as long as they keep practicing. So yes, you can speed it up. Hell yeah. That, that, that's my first question. But see, now I have an interesting, I just got a new tattoo and it's got the Iohoras on there, right? Oh yeah. Like the Iohoras. And I've always found it in, at least when I found out that the pineal glands like really like in the back center of your head, right? Mm -hmm. But they always talk about, and that's like your third eye or like you mentioned your first eye, but they always pointed it to here. Right to the front. The bindi, like in Indian culture, that, they put But that's just them. where, like, the tip of it, right? If I look at the Iohoras, <laughs> that's where, like, the top eyebrow's at. Yeah, so the pituitary gland is actually, it's a little bit above. So that's more, it's the one back here. But when I close my eyes, it's actually sort of right in the middle, like my the bridge of my nose, if I go straight back. But I think here is just, it's just symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's because I do feel it back here. I don't know mm. if you've ever noticed that before, but people always talk about, oh, my third eye. And when I started, I was like, there's some people that are talking about it that I can tell, or at least I'm assuming that they're very tuned in. I was like, but that's not the, that's not where the pineal gland, or that's not where the third eye really is. Like, all right, so just optic neurology will say that you'll have a vision come in and sometimes, and most of the time it's actually upside down when it's get converted into the back of the head, which is the occiput. So the occiput is actually going to be the first place that you even see visuals. So like... When people look at the third eye in the front of their forehead, it's just, it's like a telescope. 
that's all it is. That's yeah. that's essentially what it is, right? Because the occiput back there is going to be what interprets information to the back of the brain, and from there, then it starts dispersing. I guess what the reaction is going to be or the response, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the contraction you're talking yes. about, right? Yeah. That's insane. That's yeah. great. It's it's interesting. So there's a spot in the brain that matches up. Then the next step, like what's the visual you're looking at? So then we say the body and the brain will have to remember what essentially the response is to a visual, right? Let's say you climb mountains, right? So whenever you climb a mountain, you're going to have a certain memory that comes up, a certain emotion that comes up with it each time, right? Other people will have different ones, right? Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to see what your pineal gland does whenever you see like a mountain, right? Because other people might have a different response, right? And that contraction of it is can make the big difference. Now, are you talking about what the pineal gland does in terms of the brainwave frequencies, the chemicals? I'm thinking the chemical, it, yeah. and the chemical, right? The, yeah, the, yeah. I guess you can speak more to this as well too, but if you look at the pineal gland, it will release different neuro- neurotransmitters. So you talked about DMT, Correct. melatonin, mm-hmm. serotonin, norepinephrine, and it can be with either sunlight or darkness. Yes, yep. So one of the one of the ways that I started out by when I started researching and understanding that the those calcium carbonate crystals that I was referring to earlier on, on the surface, those rhombohedron crystals on the surface of the gland, when they come in contact with toxins, especially fluoride, for instance, it forms calcite and it hardens it. And that's the, where the calcification comes in. And you can actually see it on brain scans all the time. And they use it as a moniker to when they're doing a brain scan, you can see there's a little white circle and that's the calcification. And they've been using that as a moniker to map out, okay, that's the pineal gland. We know where that is now, but that's actually improper function. It's inhibiting the proper function of the gland. Because you want it malleable, right? Yeah. So you don't want those calcifications. It's not natural. So I was researching all these different ways. That seems important. My whole consciousness and my, my, my awareness is in this gland. I want to be able to have it be proper health and optimal performance and see what other things I can perceive in my reality that I'm not seeing right now because of this. So it was a big, it was a big priority for me. It became, and one of the ways that I initially found out was through light. And so I would watch the sun as it would come up over the horizon in the mornings and careful not to damage my eyesight, but just allowing that light from the sun to come into my brain and hit in the back. And then once it got about halfway up, it was too bright. I didn't want to blind myself. So I would stop. But in the morning, it was a routine for a while. And I actually noticed a pretty dramatic improvement in my perception of not just the visual 3D world, but perception of vibrations and frequencies and feeling in my body and concepts were coming together in a different way. And I did this for a prolonged period, a couple, maybe two months, three months straight. So that was one of the first ways, and I think it has a lot to do with that melatonin release and the serotonin or epinephrine. Yeah, and you mentioned the calcification as well. So in biochemistry, you'll have an injury somewhere in the body. The natural biochemical response from the body is to send calcium over to a site of injury. So when you talk about calcification of the pineal gland, I wonder, like, how does a pineal gland become calcified? So that means you're injuring the pineal gland on a daily basis. Yeah. You're injuring your own pineal gland. And so then you look at your health and wellness and function in a different light. If these are neurotransmitters that come from this area, if it's calcified, it doesn't function as well. How does that affect my daily routine? And do you have you found things that actually calcify, like directly calcify the pineal gland? Yes, I mentioned fluoride. It's slightly more 
toxic than lead and it's a little bit less toxic than arsenic they know that fluoride is really good for your teeth because it has a very similar chemical composition as hydroxyapatite which is the it's in your enamel in your teeth which prevents it from breaking down cream cavities and it even goes into the dentin so my mom used fluoride when i was in the womb because the research at the time said yeah it's great for bones it's great for teeth so she would take fluoride pills that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So come to find out, it, it has huge damaging effects on the pineal gland. And so there's alternative toothpaste that I've found with nano-hydroxyapatite. And then sometimes I'll use a little bit of a fluoride wash or go do a six-month cleaning or whatnot. And that's okay for me because I want to have good teeth too. So it's become a balance. And yeah. that's how I've figured out to have health for what's important in my work and then also having good teeth. But I'm significantly reduced because I don't want these trace amounts of this toxin every single day, just a little bit, toxicify, toxicify. And that's what will injure your pineal gland. Interesting. It's also in the water. It's in the water. It's in the water supply. I use water filters. You have a Berkey filter with, with the fluoride attachment that you can get. There's much more expensive arrays. People have seen people install in their houses let's go to that extreme yeah san marcus down the street from us they have a no fluoride in their drinking water like just city ordinance yeah they're one of i think at the time 30 cities in america that had that yeah incredible if you think about that yeah because it was used for clean that was like a cleaning agent as well right well it's interesting a side note the dental industry like got fluoride put in the water because they kept talking about all this poor dental care that they were seeing and they're like this could help the community and so yeah they got it added into the water oh so it wasn't like the fluoride wasn't what it was helping cleaning yeah so it wasn't like the fluoride was helping with the cleaning cleaning yeah that's what i always thought i always thought that the fluoride helped with the whole cleaning process or something it's supposed to empower and enable the strong the strength of the tooth and so like they convinced cities across the country to say let's add fluoride and we have a friend who used, used to fight he was one of the people who was fighting against adding fluoride to the water because the cities had a choice of doing it and so you have to imagine the 20, 30 years of someone drinking fluoride water, yep. brushing with fluoride toothpaste. And then I have to imagine what's your thoughts on watching TV and screens? Yeah. So start thinking about that first and then talk about the screens. Is It seems very short-sighted to me to just add this a synthetic unnatural <laughs> chemical to an entire population, an entire the United States. Like, oh, yeah, let's just... Let's just put it in the entire water supply because it'll with, strengthen it's like teeth the, without anyone's consent or knowledge. Was probably the fluoride manufacturers convincing the dentists to tell the water. There's probably <laughs> like, a well, lot of yeah. <laughs> other things going on. But. There's a lot of lobbying. I'm sure the yeah. dentists are like, why do, I don't give a damn yeah. about going and fighting against without the city. Like <laughs> thinking about any side effects or yeah. other. No, they're fully aware that this was added. Yeah. I mean, they were in support of it for the most part. So yeah. regardless it's of it. Good. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, the effects of TVs, it's interesting. I think that the flickering from a TV, it definitely will put your brain into a state of trance. And I think we heard about, you guys remember back, I think it was the 90s when there was a cartoon and there were 700 kids in Japan that got epilepsy because the cartoon started flashing color at a very specific frequency and it triggered that. Like poltergeist? Just the flashing lights, right? It, it, it's just the rate of the flashing. Yeah. 
so that's a very it's hard we don't have to be afraid of that because yeah. it's hard well, but it's, i know when i was a kid maybe up to four years old i used to have seizures with with because did. of watching tv yeah somehow that just went away yeah, so there's definitely, depending on the frequency of the flickering on the TV, <clears throat> typically it'll just put you into a more relaxed state of trance and it'll slow. So right now, just so everybody knows, we'll review the different brain frequencies. So right now we're operating at just normal level. We're at beta. When we get agitated and stressed, it goes into high beta. Below beta is alpha, and that's a little bit more of receiving, of learning, and you're just soaking up information, but you're still awake. And then when you go one below that, it's theta, or is it delta or theta? Theta. It's theta, that's theta. right, theta. And that's more into a dream state, like you're daydreaming, but you're still awake. And then when you go into delta, that's on the edge of sleeping there. And you're that's a really like deep just trance state. And then, so you're sleeping, you're dreaming. And then gamma is actually, you'd think it would be slower, but it's a very, it's a very fast frequency. And that's an arousal. And that's the frequency that we can get to when we do this breath and we pull this energy up and we push everything and it hits the brain. Your brain goes into a gamma release and there's this ecstasy and this bliss. And so back to the TV effects. I'm not sure, but I do know you had mentioned earlier before we started, there's a light that yep. has a very specific frequency that can help decalcify the pineal gland. Right. What was that? The Lucia light. The Lucia light. So you mentioned frequencies. I love this. TV emits a frequency wavelength, right? Like the way microwaves do, right? Radiation that comes with that even. But the frequency you get from like the sunlight and the wavelength from the sunlight is very important for the body. Like you mentioned, like you were Look, just looking at sunrises and watching sunsets, like you will be healthier, right? Because you're getting solar charged energy and it does something different to your body. And our bodies were designed to do that first thing in the morning. So if you wake up in the morning and you never see sunlight, you just stay at home now because you're working from home, fluorescent light. And then you see computer screens yeah. as your first light of the day. I have to imagine it's like a GMO version of the sunlight that cannot be good for our processing abilities in our pineal gland. So I have to imagine, and I think I have read this, somebody can check me on this. I do have to imagine that I read that the frequencies from TV and blue screens essentially will calcify the brain because of the way that they're emitting their frequencies and whatever it may be, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, and you, you would imagine that the higher the definition, like the crazier that wavelength might be, right? Because it has to be s smaller pixels and smaller. I don't know. It's stimulating, right? Like you're, if it's nighttime, you're not supposed to be stimulating your body right now. Yeah, especially the blue light on. To think about that, I want to look into that more because I hadn't really known specifically, if, or, and I hadn't really asked that question to myself and felt intuitively if that was true or not. So I'll have to sit down and calm down and meditate and ask myself and see and... Probably already know the answer is yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're on our phones and we're on we're looking at screens all day every day now today in society. So the phone thing, I turn the blue light down. There's a red filter you can do at night, and so it it doesn't release melatonin, which will mess up your circadian rhythm, which affects all the rest of your health. So that's a really important point. Yeah, yeah. And since you're bringing up the phones, we talk about it all the time. So if you have your phone next to your bed, yeah. 
the EMFs will disrupt melatonin synthesis. So when the sunlight is going down and then it's darkness, now your pineal gland can release melatonin. If it's calcified, yeah. I imagine it's probably not going to. So automatically your deep sleep possibility has been compromised. Like your chances of getting to deep REM sleep. Rejuvenation. Like, yeah, repair, and that's what you're talking about. You won't get there. Sympathetic, yeah. And then you leave the lights on. And I know there's some people who do this that say, I have all the lights on. I have my computer screen open. Or I'm looking at my phone. I have the TV in the background. It's 9 p.m. It's 10 p.m. And then they're eating at the same time. Yeah. And so I have to imagine like just all of that for a, a body that wasn't designed to be doing that at 9 p.m. at night when it should be like asleep or going to sleep has to be confusing for your body. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at the breath work that mm -hmm. you're doing. Yeah. All right. Let's get into that. <clears throat> Breathwork might be the most powerful tool that the human body has in order to achieve health. Breath is the first form of nutrition. Nice. I love that. Yeah. It's yeah, even yesterday I was, what was it? I was driving. Oh, I went to Zach's thing, uh, live a great story. And they had a men's group, like storytelling deal. It was cool. Mm -hmm. And at some, oh, and I was, he had asked me, hey, can you go up there and be one of the first speakers? And I'm not going to share the story, but like the theme was, I never should have fucked. And yeah. that was the theme. And so, or that was one of two themes. And I was, and he was like, I haven't gotten anyone to, to volunteer to be first. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. Right. Like, yeah, the, sure. that, and then, I'm, and then I started getting myself, I was like, Oh fuck, what am I going to share? And you know what? I don't even know who these guys are. And I started doing all these things and I was like feeling myself getting nervous. And I'm like, man, I really don't know what to, what I'm going to say. Like, I don't, I don't know if I should share this story or that story. And then the thing that snapped me out of it, I was at a stop sign and I was like, control your breathing. And I just went to, and then I like looked, checked in again. And then by the time he asked me to go up there, oh, I had a story. I nailed it. Like people yeah. were like, and then it was like no big deal. And I was trying to solve it, like thinking about what am I going to say? But the only thing that really helped all that situation was that I just went back to just focus on the breathing. Yeah. Like that, if that works, then everything else is going to work. It's interesting. When I first started meditating about 12, 13 years ago, I was I had these creative assignments to come up with these scripts for this movie I was doing. And I couldn't come up with anything. And I was doing exactly that. I was up in high beta and I was in my prefrontal cortex trying to solve and logic and everything and that's not the creative space and when i would start meditating and focusing on the breath and calm everything down the goal was to think about nothing but the breath and focus yep. well, suddenly this wellspring of creativity just came up and all of these ideas started flowing out and it was this paradoxical that was not the intention that was not the objective but when I quieted everything down and I got really calm and really peaceful, that's when creativity was able to flow through because I had made space for it. Yeah. And so the breath is extremely helpful for creatives and if you're creating art, anything. Yeah. And it's, I almost look at it almost like as reverse engineering, right? Because like when things start to go awry or your thoughts are going all over the place, many different things change, but, and the breath is one of them. And the one that I can control at a minimum is the breath. So then if I can start there, then I can figure out what the second thing. Usually I don't have to think about the second or the third thing to control in a right. sense because that first one just cascades everything else. But it's so interesting. Like you said, like it's your primary nutrition. It really is. Yeah. 
So I can get into the mechanics of, of how this breath works yep. now. In a lot of ancient mysticism in India and different cultures, I traveled through India for a year doing yoga and studying different places. And a lot of what they talk about is, and people might be familiar with the Ulabandas, which are mm -hmm. these locks. It's like these three locks in your, your perineum, your kind of your solar plexus, and then your throat. And then there's your seven energy centers. Some people call them chakras, but there's this energy and it's referred to also in, in the traditions of Kundalini. Also did a lot of Kundalini yoga, but this is more powerful in moving Kundalini than the Kundalini yoga that I've done. And it's this serpentine energy that's coiled up at the base of our spine. And when we consciously actively move it, it goes and it clears out those energy centers. So what is actually happening is it's the staff of the caduceus that you see on ambulances, hospitals. That's the symbol for health with the wings coming out of it and the two snakes. Yep. That is exactly what this is. <clears throat> so you take your lower third energy centers, you start at number one in your perineum. And so you mentioned Joe Dispenza. He'll actually have people squeeze or he'll, he's sort of pulling and he has people pull and squeeze the abdomen in and tighten and then lock everything down, shoulders back, and then pull it up and suck like fluid up a straw is how he mm -hmm. describes it. And that works and it is effective. And what I've developed is different. You're actually pushing. And I think the reason a guy who's as big as Joe might not do this is because if when you do this one right, you leave your body. And I have people, start, you, you can see sure. it. They just go limp and they leave their body. They have an out-of-body experience. And then they come back into their body. Whoa, what the heck was that? And something's changed. They came back into a new body that's healthier They've cleared out a ton from their spinal column, and there's a change that's happened. If you're in a massive audience and you're having people falling out of their chairs left and right, <laughs> that can create actually people hitting their heads and stuff. So I think that's why it's better to have this done with sort of supervision and with a comfortable space. This would be fine here. You have couches, you have pillows or something so that you can just flop back without having to be concerned. Because I have done the breath... <laughs> before so hard that I hit my head on the ground because I was in a chair and I just fell out mm. of my chair. So it's just important to have that precaution. I think that my where, when I've tried Joe Dispenza's version, uh -huh. I find that it takes a lot of concentrations and I keep going back to, am I squeezing that? Am I doing that? Like, it's a lot of that. Then that's why it takes a while before I can like be doing those things but not be aware that I'm doing those right. things. Now. With newcomers also, I've actually started priming with... Wim Hof, because that gets people into their body. You're just doing 30. And then at the end, you hold on the exhale, see how long you can hold, and one big inhale. And then you squeeze, and then you feel tingly, and you get your vision opens up, and you're hearing, you can hear more detail, and you get this rush of energy. It changes your chemistry to more alkaline. Your pH balance goes up from away from acidic. And let's see, the immune system response kicks in and everything that he's explained scientifically with that. I'll start people with Wim Hof. And then that really gets you into the body and you're present. And I think a lot of people are honestly just, they're out of their bodies. They're not feeling. And a lot of people don't know where their energy centers are. A lot of people even who are on a level don't know exactly where their pineal gland is because yeah. they haven't sat down 
and closed their eyes and focused and found it, fished around in their brain and figured out like, where is the pineal gland? And if you sit down and you do that, then you'll find it. We were having that discussion at the beginning, like, where is it? Yeah. If you sit down and actually find it, it's like, you'll find it and go, okay, here it is. But you won't know until you do that. But so if you want, I could just teach you the breath right now. Let's yeah. do it. Okay, yeah. let's go. Right. So I would actually, Baldo, you, if I'm going to. I'm going to sit on the Okay, floor. yeah. It's best because I just don't want you to fall from side to side. Uh, <laughs> Down like right here. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for work? <laughs> <laughs> so the way this will work is I'll teach the first part. So we have our seven energy centers. Okay. And we're going to flex each of those muscles. And we'll go up one by one, and at the end, we'll combine everything, and we'll create it into one one motion. Okay. Okay? And then I might do one sort of demonstration, and then you guys can copy what I did. Okay, so the first part is you're going to find your perineum, and that's the muscles that we use for... Did that stop? It's good. Okay. Good. For elimination and intercourse. So you just, instead of pulling and tightening as if you were doing a Kegel, you actually push. So you push that muscle out. So you like push. You feel that? Okay. So the second one is your lower abdomen. So you can tighten like someone's going to punch you in the gut. So now actually push it out and you push. So now push one. That's one and two. So you push your perineum and then push your lower abdomen out and relax. Got that? Okay. Now we're going to go to three, the upper abdomen, the solar plexus. So we'll do one. So push the perineum out and down and then push your lower belly and then your upper belly and you can straighten up now push and like you're making your belly push out and then relax there you go okay now what we're going to do is when we get to the heart we're going to start to stretch and open our chest up like this you're going to arch your chest back and out and you're going to put your shoulders back and roll them back and down like this and we're going to start to really stretch and open up the front of our torso when we get to the heart. So let's start with one, perineum push down, lower belly, push your upper belly and then arch back and now open and stretch your chest up and back and push and you're pushing the energy up now and relax. Good. Are you, are you continuing to breathe throughout it? So when we do this, we're gonna do an inhale, and then at the top of the breath, that's when you start pushing everything when we mm. do the real one. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So what we're doing when we push is we're, by pushing those muscles out and flexing those muscles, where's the energy going? It's going up. Yep. So we push, push, and one by one, it's pushing all of this energy of the base of our spine up the spinal cord, and it's going to go on straight up to the brain. Mm. Okay, let's do... Now, number five, when we hit our throat, we're going to cock our heads back, and you can actually start to arch arch back like that. And then when it hits four, when it hits your heart, it's going up to the brain. So when we hit five, we're going to go back, and then we're just going to go all the way up to six, and we're going we're gonna to target it and really focus our awareness on that pineal gland, and we're going to push all that energy up. And when you cock your head back, you can just allow yourself to flop back, and just arch your back like this and create a big C curve and then push all that energy up. Hell okay. yeah. Okay? Okay. Okay, so 
do an inhale and then push number one your perineum your lower belly your upper belly open your chest up arch back more big c curve cock your head back and then flop back and now just push all that energy up and relax Beautiful. There you go. Okay. You good? Yeah. Got my hair caught on. Okay. <laughs> so that's the basics of how you do it. So what's happening is our cerebral spinal fluid microcosmic orbit, it goes in that cycle about once every 12 hours. So we're speeding that up. And when we accelerate all of this energy, these particles in our spinal fluid up, they're charged particles and so it creates an inductance field and you have a negative charge at the tailbone and a positive charge at the head when you're moving this and that creates what is that if you have a negative and a positive a charge a magnet exactly so then this external electromagnetic field starts to become generated and that's when we activate that radio receiver and we can tune into higher frequencies and other dimensions and when we go into elevated emotions like gratitude and love and joy and open our hearts, we magnetize that experience into our life. And that's the precursor. That's why this breath is so powerful is you can enhance your becoming a creator of your reality instead of a victim with hormones of stress. We're changing our chemistry by doing this. So then we're repeating this process? Yep. So we're going to do this now. The first part is we're actually going to be breathing. We're going to exhale fully three times. We're going to go inhale. So just watch me. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. When you're at the bottom, when you think you've exhaled all the way, you can go a little bit more. You can always go more. And then on that last third inhale, you imagine the energy going all the way up. So with your awareness, because where you put your attention, your energy is going, you, put, you imagine the energy going up and hitting the pineal gland. And then at the top, that's when you push and flex and do that final exercise that we just talked about and push it all the way up, flex, flop back. And when you cock your head back, what happens is you slow down circulation in the corroded arteries back here and it opens up and dilates the jugular veins. So that's what creates the more movement up the front. Mm. Okay, so we're gonna do the full sequence now. You guys ready? Yes. If you'd like to watch me first, maybe once, that would help. Sure. So why don't you just observe, okay. and then you can see how it's done. And then, yeah.
So right now, I'm getting a release of my pineal gland has opened up and the dimethyltryptamine just opened into my brain and I feel this magnificent energy flowing through my body and the colors are brighter, my vision is more acute, my hearing is more sensitive, all my senses are alive and they're awakened and I'm feeling a course of energy through my body. I'm actually really glad that I did that because I'm feeling great right now. <laughs> and I just got the rest of my day. There you go. So I do okay. this every day. I haven't done it today. That was the first time. And usually the first time of the day is the most powerful. Hell yeah. So All that's right. how it's done. You guys okay. ready? Yep. Okay, it. here we go. <clears throat> yeah. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale fully all the way. Inhale. The last one. Exhale. Now, as you inhale, come up and imagine that energy up all the way. There you go. When you get to the top of the breath, now push perineum down, lower belly, upper belly. Arch your chest back. Create that big C curve. And push. Cock your head back up. Target that pineal gland and push the energy up all the way into the brain. And pump it and pump and push up and relax. Feel that. That feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was very relaxing. There's a lot of energy. Yeah, you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you take the breath back in again, you can feel it going through your arms. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. See how I can get into this. Well, if I'm doing this three or four times, like I can see how you, that process is sped up because I was talking about earlier because it's, it's a lot less concentration than what mm -hmm. I try to practice. Yeah. With what Joseph Spencer's version is a lot of just, it's internal. So internal, like not, this is very physical and I feel that. But I imagine if you did the several times in a row that it intensifies it and it builds. Yeah. And if you hit it, you'll know. Yeah. So I can tell you, you know, you didn't hit it. When right. you do, you'll leave yeah, your body and you'll come back. Oh no, but this is the exact this, same process. Like this, yeah, yeah. like this heaviness too at the back of uh -huh. your head. Even when I was coming back down, it just felt heavier and heavier. It's almost like all this energy was centered here. And yep. then, so I can see that if I'm doing that over and over again, this is gonna yeah those <laughs> yeah yeah you're polarizing that. And so when that increased polarization, that strengthens the electromagnet and you're creating a larger field. So your aura is actually amplifying when you do this. And it's creating the standing wave. So you're sending the electrical signal out and the magnetic part is pulling it in. And when you have those two waves interfering constructively and destructively, it creates a standing wave. And all matter is there's, it's standing waves. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just a very dense, low frequency of standing waves. So by doing that, ultimately, the frequencies that you tune into, it creates a reality. And it's incredible to watch the universe respond to your intentions after you do this. So when you're doing this, the rhythm is the important part, right? Because yeah. it's not like a stutter step, right? Because essentially then there's like a flow of like you targeting the pineal and then the lower and the upper. The and yeah, so then you basically will hit a curve. Correct. Right? That's essentially why you're doing that curve, right? You're going the opposite way the spinal cord normally goes, right? Like you're undoing it and stretching it like you're saying to where now you can have the... <laughs> 
the flow of the cerebral spinal fluid, I guess, now going upwards and a venous return. So now I have to imagine you're also cleaning out. It is. Right? The fluid as well? Yeah, it cleans and clears the cerebral spinal fluid as you do this because it moves it faster. It's not actually reversing the flow. It's in that cycle and you're just, you're accelerating the flow, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So that push... It creates you when you get better at it. It's a skill set. The more yeah. you practice, the yeah. better you're going to become, and the more natural it's going to become, the more fluid. It's like any sport. It even can become muscle memory in your cerebellum. And if you take a break after you've been doing it for an extended period of time, and then come back to it, oh wow, it's like a way better. Yeah, because your body integrated it. It's like anything, any yeah. physical activity. Handstands. The yeah, exactly. The goal. <laughs> Is to get it into one fluid motion. Yep. And so you just... And so that's the way that you start in the beginning. And then I've gotten to the point where I don't actually breathe, go down. But I'll actually just... And then push it up. And then I'll get an activation. And when... I open my eyes and I keep my eyes open. You can start to see energy in this way that's I've never seen energy before like this. And I believe this is the true function of how the pineal gland works and what we're all supposed to be experiencing if we're in proper health and we're not having injured pineal glands with all that calcium, like scar tissue, trying to recruit. Yeah. I'm wondering if you just if you're not even seeing with your eyes because the eyes are designed for I mean they're only able to receive a certain frequency, right? You couldn't see like x-rays or whatever, but right. You could probably tune into it some other way. With the mind, the inner vision, I can perceive I've Yeah, you, even dreaming is way more visual than your eyes. Your <laughs> eyes aren't open when you're dreaming, but yeah. you're having an entire experience in a world that doesn't exist in this realm. Yeah. But I have met entities and beings from other frequencies when I've gotten to this level and I'm on a really high frequency and I've done the breath enough and I can perceive it's extrasensory perception and I have interacted with, with higher dimensional beings. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. And it's hard to believe until you have the experience and then there's no going back. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, like you can't that. undo that. <laughs> That's wow. insane. Yeah. yeah. The, fi- the higher frequency is the key. Yeah. That's why the talk about the third eye and the pineal gland is that it essentially is going to unlock your capability to say there you'll see things you've never thought possible. Yeah. And right. it's important to stay in love the whole time because when you open your heart and you have love for yourself and you fall in love with life, that's how you're really raising your frequency. And yeah. this can't be done without that, that open hearted. Yeah. Elevated emotions. Before we start, uh, we still got some time, but before we start going through the process of wrapping up, get into what DMT is. That's something mm-hmm. that people hear about it all the time, and they talk to us about it all the time, but they're just, it's just because they've read somewhere. Sure. What is it? Why is it important? So dimethyltryptamine is, there's, I think, a documentary called The Spirit Molecule. It has a really short half-life, and it's produced endogenously in the brain. And it's the active ingredient in ayahuasca. It's, they can isolate it and you can smoke it or you can vaporize it. 
and go have a psychedelic experience that way. I'm a purist where I like the idea of the light or these other things, but what I like more is being able to achieve those states and get to those states within myself, just without anything external and be independent, a radical independent person. So the dimethyltryptamine is created in your brain when you're born and when you're, when you die. So it seems to be this sort of gateway for life, like coming in and going out is apparently like, why would it have this function of being released in high doses and high amounts in those two moments? And it's, it's the same for other living or other life forms, Mammals. like plants I, or anything? Like I don't know about plants. Yeah. But mammals? I believe so. I only know mainly humans. Yeah. I can only speak to that. But I would assume. Yeah, um, I think I, I heard something it. then, so I was just trying to confirm that. But okay. So you release this <coughs> when you're born and when you're dying. Okay. And what happens if you release it in between that? I can only speak from experience. <laughs> like what I've experienced. Exactly. Is this other realm of consciousness that seems more real than this reality. That's the best way that I can describe it. And is a lot of energy and that's when you really realize that you are the creator of your reality and there's a slower there's a delay here in this world because the body for instance it will respond to your thoughts and emotions and then create hardware patterns with different chemical pathways and that takes time yeah and so if you want to change your life if you want to change yourself you have to reprogram your body, and that can take time. But in that realm, things are instantaneous. Yeah. I don't know if you want to call it the spirit world or the astral world. or. The, I like astral world. Yeah, <laughs> both. Everything's – it's so real, but it just responds to your thoughts and your emotions and things just – yeah, it's like, what's that movie or that title? Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, because that's also been my experience when I've gotten into deep, like, you've done it too with like manifestation stages where we're just going to do this and just trust it. And when you were first learning some of that stuff, you're just like, what the fuck? And then it becomes such a, some, if anything, it becomes a thing. Why aren't we manifesting this? Like, where are we blocking ourselves? Because this is a truth. Right. So that that's not the frequency of being able to manifest. Right? And I fall into it uh, all the time of, why hasn't it happened yet? That's not the yeah. the guy that has whatever it is that you're manifesting. Like That's not the frequency that they're on. Yeah. They're on the frequency of, this is. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And so it's getting out of the why hasn't it happened yet, which is in lack and in separation, into the abundance of the embodiment of it. Yeah, this is what you taught me. So yeah. one of the interesting things was when you start a business – Cash is king, right? Yeah. So like when you're starting off, there were times when you're like, where's the cash? Yeah. So you just have to believe it's there. That it's there. Yeah. And so it's not my bank account, but it's mine. Yeah. It's but, but that's the thing is that he showed me like you have to visualize that you see the numbers in your head. Yeah. Because otherwise it won't happen. Yes. And I was like, what do you mean? He's you literally what is the number figure that you need in your in your mind right now to see in the bank account? And yeah. I was like, boom, exact numbers. Okay. That's what you want in there. Yeah. Now, when I would be like, okay, whatever, this is like, all right, this is going to happen. So what we would do was there were certain days we'd have to hit a certain number, like quota or whatever you'd say. And there were times I don't know how we're going to do it. And he just picture the number in your head that we need. 
And there was like at least 10 times in the first two years that we had the same number in our head. Uh-huh. And we got it. Like we'd, we would look at the end of the day Sometimes at the last second and we still like, and I was like, what? Like how, how did this happen? And it keeps happening over and over again. And so then you like, you just, this is real. This is real. Like I am doing this right now. And you feel like, am I the only one who's doing this? And then what you realize is you see someone in their own world, right? Yeah. Like you get that they're off in their own world. I'm like, yes, they are obviously, right? We're either in it or we're in our own world, right? And yep. that's the truth, yeah. right? So when people are in their own world, you don't know what their world is at that moment, right? Their frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know what their thought patterns are. So if you encounter, and I always use this, if you encounter like classical rock and you were trying to do like classical hip hop, you might be like, I don't understand what you're talking about. But then you meet in the middle somewhere, like with Run DMC and Aerosmith. And, then, <laughs> and next thing you know, I get you. Yeah, your world's sort of blended. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. And then you do, like, because you can see, like, more connections from just that after you make that yeah. connection, right? Yeah, and I think that's what abundance is. Like, the idea that all my dreams and your dreams can can exist simultaneously but yeah. it, it, just because mine exists doesn't mean that yours can't exist but does it exist simultaneously because we accept that it can maybe i think that it's more of <clears throat> i think that a lot of times we think about if this happens then all these things can't happen but that's only because we haven't we haven't perceived it or conscious of the fact that yeah but it could also happen this other way and then that means that those the things that i want and you want are existing simultaneously and that the idea is for me to let it go because if yeah, I try surrender. to think about how it is, I'm never going to, I would have thought about it already. That's his, yesterday. Yeah. It's yeah. like, if I, if I try to think about it, like, well, I'm only going to think about things that I already thought about. So I would have thought about this answer already. So it's not up to me to think about what the actual answer is. That's how I feel. about That's it. very yeah, advanced yeah. though, to look at that. If well, you look at- it's an interesting balance between being intentional, seeing your reality, but then surrendering simultaneously to the details of how it's going to happen and allowing that infinite intelligent creative force of the entire universe to deliver it to you. It's often a way you'd never expect. And in a way that's more perfect than anything that you could have come up with because it's a higher mind. It's a higher intelligence. I agree completely. That's why I've always asked them about fate. Yeah. I was like, if you can manifest your reality, which is will basically be your future, then what is fate? destiny and free will seem to there's a way that they work together because but they seem they seem separate it seems like you'd have to have a bifurcate like yeah exactly but like the free... it's either going to do what i want or the world's going to do whatever i want with or it's going to do whatever it wants with me or that's, well, that's of... exactly what it is so that's why like in spirituality you'll say it's not me doing this yeah it's just coming through me it's just coming I'm through the channel yeah, yeah i'm just yeah. a channel i'm an antenna i'm just like yeah. i'm getting downloads yeah so like Nature, the the frequency in nature is different than the frequency in your home office. Just be honest. So if you're out in nature, the frequency changes inside of you as well because you mirror your environment. Guess what? Different downloads and thought patterns will happen because now you removed an obstacle or changed a pattern now that would go into a dead end. But now it just goes into a loop that changes. What if we just did this instead? And then all of a sudden now the answer was more of not like I needed to create the solution. It was more the answer was already there. Yeah. I'm just now aware of it. Correct. It's becoming aware of the potential in the infinite quantum field yeah. of possibilities. So is free will actually awareness? 
That's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. If you're also let go so much over the years of the free wills and the destinies, I'm just like, you know what? I just don't worry about it. If it stop thinking about it, is what it was. <laughs> if there's another paradox that I've found of, if you're not aware of something, then it doesn't exist for you. But then also, if you're ignorant of it, it's to be dominated by it. If there's something that's happening that you're not even aware it's happening. So to have more awareness is important. But then to be specific about tuning in to the potentials of that you want to be aware of, that you want in your life, and putting your energy into those places and not dwelling on the past and, oh, this happened five years. No. It's what future do I want to create and what do I want to really become aware of because where you put your attentions, where you put your energy, and that what you're, that's what you're going to get more of in your life. It's how to logical. It's inherently in and of itself. What you pay attention to is what you're experiencing. But that's the word, the experience, right? Because yeah. what we've looked at now is, all right, so we took the tour earlier. Yeah. This place is a human optimization clinic. Yeah. So you say, what does that look like? It's like? You're in this machine called the human body, and you're going to live in this body, which means you're going to experience things in this body, right? To get the most out of your experiences, you have to maximize the capability of the human body. That's really how we yep. look at it. So the term optimization means that everything <laughs> is being maximized to its full extent and its possibilities. And that's how I look at because when it comes to health and wellness, it's not as simple as giving someone a pill. Like it, it's if everyone could get a higher vibrating pill, like th essentially that's I hate to say it, a lot of times that's why psychedelics are given because it's such a quick way to accelerate the process to get you to that higher level of thinking just for a brief moment to experience it for at least a second in your life because some people will never experience a high level of thinking and that's yeah. the sad truth yeah yeah and i think that they get it gets abused like the psychedelics because you find people that do them on a weekly basis or and i'm not even talking about like microdosing that has its own place but there's people that go journey almost like on a weekly basis or even on a monthly basis yeah. and we were talking to someone close to us pretty recently and they just had a nice lsd trip trip and they came back rejuvenated and i'm i was very happy to the way that he was processing those thoughts and experiences to us because he kept talking about now he's in this space of integration he's not thinking about i want to go do this again like a lot of times people are like i want to go do that again because that was great yeah it's and, a lot i've done acid i've done mushrooms i don't do psychedelics anymore but it went, the first time I did, it was probably, I don't know, 19 years old. <laughs> and it was like, I'm not doing this again for a long time. It was the best thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. <laughs> Holy, I never knew about any of this. I'm so glad. And I'm not doing this for another year. <laughs> yeah, correct. It's intense. Yeah. And, but it's, people do it for different intentions. And I think that's really what you have to look at is what is your own intention? Even in life, what is an intention every day of yours when you show up to work, when you show right. up with your friends and you say, okay, this is what I'm trying to get out of this situation. This is maybe what I am experiencing. This is what I'm trying to do. Right. And I think I see life as this journey to where it doesn't stop with just the death of our bodies, right? Like our souls live on. It can transfer. We can transcend if you have outer body experiences you can go into a metaverse where essentially like i saw myself in another dimension yeah. another life form different timeline different timeline in the multiverse in a mul yeah <laughs> yeah and, box over there right? yeah and then when you start it's talking parallel. and yeah. yeah so when you start looking at that and you realize like your problems are small in comparison to like 
the possibilities yeah. of existence. Yeah. yeah, that's what I love about climbing mountains. Like you're up there and you're just like, man, like none of my issues really matter. Look at like at all. Yeah, because <laughs> really we did that, right? You guys like no matter what happened, I climbed a mountain today. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah. 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 Well, but do you think that it whenever you've had out of, out of or even transdimensional experiences, if so, and then you talked about how DMT gets released at the beginning mm-hmm. at the end of life. Do you think that provides some sort of hope or or maybe just energy about like after death? Yeah, my perspective at this point on death is it's just a transition yeah. and I'm this infinite reflection of source having a human experience for the time being. Yeah. And when I shed this body, the bodies I've chose here, I'm taking responsibility for that. And there are lessons that my higher self signed up for yeah. when I came here that I knew I was going to experience in order to grow and expand as a consciousness, as a spirit, as an awareness. Yeah. And when I leave this place, maybe I'll come back again, or maybe I'll go into another realm. I don't know. Maybe become but a rock. <laughs> it's definitely not the end because I've had too many experiences where I'm just not in this realm and it's a dream. It really just feels like it's all a dream. Back to the psychedelics thing. I actually want to touch on this is like you said, John is when you have those peak experiences it's like a rocket ship that shows you this vista and you're this elevated place and it teaches you all these things and then you crash right back down into the this world reality (laughs) that you were in before but now you've seen and you can't unsee you can't go back yeah whoa so i got obsessed with i want to get to the top of the mountain and be able to stand on my own two feet yeah and not have to get plummeted back down so i know it exists now yeah and there was a time when i was you i use psychedelics mushrooms is all microdosing it's huge popular now and i realized it was an escape yeah my parents had separated and i was an adult this was maybe two or three years ago and i just didn't know how hard it was on me emotionally and i was using these things as a way to escape because you feel all this bliss the moment i became aware that i was using it not as an ascension tool like I thought I was. It was as an escape. I realized I'm abusing it. I have to stop, and I went cold turkey completely. And I've just stopped using any of those substances just for my own health and well-being. And I don't judge anybody else. I don't project any of my own opinions on anybody else. But for me, I know that it's important for me to get to those places on my own and it's, it feels like an accomplishment to be able to get to a psychedelic state without taking the psychedelics. Oh, of course, yeah. And I'm living, I'm so glad I've done all this work to get here because I really do feel like I'm in creation and I have so much love all the time. Hell yeah. Because the way you get there is with having a coherent heart. I don't know if you've heard of the Heart Math Institute. So the coherence that you can measure with your heart rate variability, when it matches up with your brain waves, it's totally out of coherence when you're in frustration and anger and stress and those hormones are pumping through your body. But when you just place your awareness on your heart and you just feel it, your brain automatically starts to get into coherence. And those are the emotions that are elevated of joy, gratitude, of love. And that's primary care of healing. That's where the real healing happens. And it's comparable in my personal experience to psychedelic states. Oh, yeah, for sure. Creation happens. I have a friend. I won't mention his name. He focused on, talk about manifesting, $2 million 
for a couple months. I think it was almost a year. But he would just feel in his heart, he would get into practicing heart coherence. This is all he did. And he felt as if he had $2 million. And he just gave himself that experience as if it was already real. And $2 million dropped into his fucking lap. And he, had, he got $2 million. And it, the story is, it's, it's not even really important how it happened. It was this like gentleman's bet with this crypto guy in Puerto Rico. He happened to be doing body work on. And suddenly his crypto went up. And they had a bet that during the two-hour session, if it went up, he could get the difference because it had been stable for months. He didn't yeah. think it was going to change. It went from $0.09 cents to $0.27. Cents in that two hours <laughs> spiked and jumped up and the guy hadn't he had a lot of money in there and it was five million dollars so he gave half of it to his friend and kept the other half and that's awesome he changed my perspective completely on money on finance because yeah I, because if you try to figure out like how am i get two million dollars you're gonna start thinking i gotta go start this business exactly and like, i gotta yeah. do this and that and so i'm hanging out with my buddy <laughs> and going my old paradigm that my parents taught me you gotta work hard you gotta yeah. go to school you gotta get an education and you, you know no <laughs> free lunch money doesn't grow on trees all those self-limiting <laughs> beliefs yeah and i'm hanging out with this guy going i got it all wrong <laughs> yeah. i gotta change something yeah, but I think intention is also huge because doing that, and then he's probably still working his ass off, or like he still works, but it's yeah. frequency. Yeah, it's yeah. coherence. He was like channeled in, right? Like he was like, my mission today is to manifest this two million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. somebody tried that at home yeah. every yeah. day, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. That's the number one thing. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people, man, I just show up and shit happens. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you on, I have two questions for you. I'll start with the first one that like, I think you asked me once before, like, what is that? What is grace to you? What is grace? Yes. I think grace is a mastery of being able to hold that place in strength during adversity in the face of adversity. So I think somebody said to me the other day, and I've heard this before, but I really, this is, if you think you're enlightened, go hang out with your parents or go hang out with your direct family because they're the ones that have the deepest triggers of activating those old wounds and those old traumas. (laughs) So I think grace is being able to face adversity and still maintain that state of coherence, of infinite compassion and love and we all know that's easier said than done. But if you can accomplish that in every one of those moments, it deserves to be hailed and to be recognized and to be celebrated. And that is what I feel is grace. Nice. I that's love that. a good that. question. Thanks for asking. That's that. awesome. Yeah. I like yeah. it. What's yours? Yeah. The grace, I, you said it best right there, handling strength in, in front of adversity and being able to do it with dignity. And that's, I think, more anything else. Dignity yeah. has to be, integrity has to be thrown in there, right? Because yeah. you have to. In order to have grace, you have to have a standard already established because you can't really say the person who's a jackass is graceful to begin with. That's just the honest truth. But having maintained integrity, grace will be the assurance that comes from maintaining your strength and your ground and your morals. Oh, yeah. What about you? I think I've always defined it as like the way that I practice grace and the way that I practice grace is that I'll imagine the idea that like we were talking about how we might transcend into a different form of energy after we pass away just the idea that like it, everything's energy mm-hmm. and that 
this energy that this body possesses and this awareness because I, because it because there is an infrastructure to be aware through this energy but this part of energy could easily be in like that can and, and that can doesn't have the infrastructure to understand that it or maybe it does but that that it's a thing in this universe so for me it's always been that I, the, the way that i practice grace is that idea that i could have easily been like nothing and the fact that i can experience pain love and be aware that i can experience those things that to me is what grace is and that's mm. how i practice it just the idea that it meant and then when shit goes down or like i'm in my head about stuff i'm like yeah but you know what like i could have easily been a fucking rock yeah and, and not been aware that i had this problem yeah or even just another situation of, of extremely impoverished person in calcutta or yeah you know, I, I i get to have this life with a lot more comfort and a lot more options and freedom there's huge perspective yeah but thanks for saying that because it's interesting of the, having the frequency that you're feeling in your body in something that is an innate object like a can or like a glass of water every not everyone but how common is it in the world before we eat to sit down and stop and say hey let's give thanks for our food and, yeah and People pray in their own ways all around the world. I think it's just a law of the universe. It's an innate knowledge that gratitude and thankfulness is the highest vibration. And when we do that, I'm going to be measuring it actually with, there's a device, the Sputnik, and there's another one called the Bio. I have a scientist coming two weeks from now. We're going to be measuring energy levels in a room as we do the breath and we get into coherence because I want to see the metrics. But I've done it with dousing already, and you can measure the food or a glass of water when you feel love and you fall in love with that piece of food or that glass of water, and you feel thankful for it, and you feel that gratitude. Those frequencies change the submolecular composition of the patterns that are in the molecules of the food, and it's not changing the chemistry, but it's just changing the frequency the oscillations of the molecules and I can feel the difference in my body. So I've been falling. I just, I send love to my food every time before I eat and I've been doing it for a long time. And that practice has changed my life tremendously because it also increased my ability to just feel love in general. Yeah. And then it probably becomes more nutritious for you too. Probably. Yeah, man. We, 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 we're at a time limit here, but uh, thank you guys it, so much. Yeah. Well, how do people reach you? How do people find you? What are you promoting right now? Uh, yeah, sure. Right now I'm just on Instagram, Scott Greenleaf official, and I'm hosting breathwork sessions in Austin at Casa de Luz. And we also do a healing group about twice a month. So if you go on Instagram, you can just find me there, send me a message and put you in the, the other group chats through Telegram and the schedules are, are on there. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you guys so much for having yeah. me. Yeah, of course.